the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Reaching Hearts Ministries. Welcome back to Reaching Your Heart. Pastor Michael Oxentenko's message today is entitled The Patience of the Saints. Now, we hope you enjoyed today's broadcast. We'll bring it to you in two parts due to our time constraints. You can go to reachingyourheart.com and listen to the entire message without interruption if you would like right there on the main page under the broadcast schedule. Again, the name of the message is The Patience of the Saints. Our phone number here is 877-788-5371, 877-788-5371. I'll be back at the close of our broadcast today with some other very important information. Would you stay with us for just a little bit after our program today so I can get that to you? Again, our phone number 877-788-5371. The Patience of the Saints. Here's Pastor Mike. Dear Father God, we are sincerely grateful for the cross of Christ and for the resurrection of Jesus and the prophetic ministry of Jesus as our great high priest. And Father, sometimes it's easy to become impatient to try and direct our own path, to try and choose our outcomes to try and make something happen our way. But Father, thank you that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And that he possesses the outcome because he's the omega. But he knows what it's like to start because he's the alpha and he's the one in the middle too, the I am. Father, I pray today as we open up the Bible, may Jesus, our shepherd, guide us, keep us, hold us. May there be no faithlessness in this holy house. May there be no second-guessing God, but blessing God, who's given us all things in Jesus. In His name, we worship you. Amen. Philosophers and students of human nature have struggled to describe the essence of patience. Has anyone here ever struggled with patience? Right? We have about 30% honest folk in the church. Two-thirds very dishonest folk in the church. Let's be frank about this. Haven't we all struggled with patience in our lives? Yes or no? We have. St. Augustine once said, Patience is the companion of wisdom. Another wise man put it this way, Patience is faith waiting for a nibble. According to a Yugoslavian proverb, Patience can break through iron doors. There's an Arab saying that is akin to this proverb, When you are an anvil, be patient with a hammer. When a hammer strikes... William Shakespeare described the value of patience in terms of healing. He said, How poor are they that have not patience? What wound did ever heal but by degrees? Politicians have ventured to describe patience in less than poetic terms. Maggie Thatcher, the former Prime Minister of Great Britain, once said, I am extraordinarily patient, provided I get my own way in the end. Mahatma Gandhi, in his pursuit of peace, was once quoted saying, To lose patience is to lose the battle. Now, we don't want to lose the battle, do we? He was correct in that statement. 
I relate well to the words of Orrin Arnold who described the prayer of the modern American as a pursuit of patience. He prayed this simple prayer, Dear God, I pray for patience and I want it right now. I've prayed that kind of prayer. Dear God, I pray for patience. I want it right now. Jesus told the impatient and anxious people of his day to consider the ravens. He also said the lilies of the field, but he said ravens. Not long ago, I had to unclog a bird's nest from the dryer vent that comes to the laundry room. You ever had to do that? They just rip those things off. They get in there and they build bird's nests in the pipes that lead to the laundry room, to the vent for the dryer. So I tried using a plumber's line to break it loose. That didn't work. I tried a high-pressure air blowout system. That didn't work either for me. I tried scraping it out. I couldn't reach it. I tried scooping it out. And after six hours of sucking at it, scraping, scooping, blowing, and speaking harshly to it, I finally stuck a clothes hanger on a rod and beat it out. All along, I was praying for patience. Dear God, I pray for patience, and I want it right now. Have you ever prayed a prayer like that? In the book of Revelation, there's a paradox in the pursuit of patience. Take your Bibles. Turn with me to Revelation 1, verse 1. We'll read down to verse 3, and we'll include it. The Bible says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, what must soon take place. And he made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God, to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw. Blessed is he who reads aloud the words of the prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written therein, for the time is near. I mean, the book of Revelation begins by saying, The end is coming soon and the time is near it begins by suggesting we don't have long to wait before it's all over it begins with an expectancy that seems to require no patience at all in the believer's life the book starts with a sense of imminence it's on us it's going to happen and no sooner does the book of revelation establish the fact that time is near that it will happen quickly than suddenly the text starts talking about the importance of patient endurance in the believer's life and this is a paradox in the book of revelation it is a paradox in our lives but nonetheless one in which we must live and develop the right tension so we can get to the end in revelation 1:9 it says i john your brother who share with you in jesus the tribulation and the kingdom and the patient endurance was on the island called Patmos on account of the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus. According to Revelation 1-2, the testimony of Jesus teaches us that the time is near. How many of you feel like Jesus' coming is real near? I feel it. I can sense it. And that means that what it says is true. If you die tomorrow, His coming is the next moment. If you live until He comes, it's still near because we're living at the time of the end. In Revelation 1.9, John finds himself in a lonely penal calling in the Mediterranean Sea because of the testimony of Jesus. And because of persecution and tribulation, he has learned to press on with patient endurance. So even though he says the time is near, he finds himself having to endure things that he didn't want to happen in his life, that there they are, boom, he needs patient endurance. There are two words used for patience in the Greek New Testament that are relevant to our study. I want to look at those two and then consider every usage of the word patience in the book of Revelation. The first is the word macrothumia. It comes from the Greek word macro, which means great or large, and from the Greek word thumos added to it, which means anger. It is a word for patience that can carry a slightly negative quality. It describes a restraint against anger or retaliation. 
In the secular Greek of the ancient world, it meant resignation, desperate acceptance, and procrastination. Macrothumia means resigned patience and endurance. Now, the second Greek word for patience is hupomone, and it has a slightly different sense to it. Hupomone was derived from the Greek word hupo, which means by, and meno, which means to stay. Hupomene means to stay in place, to stand still, to stand your ground. In the secular Greek world of John's day, it meant to stay behind, to stay alive, to bear, to suffer. It meant to hold out. It meant to remain firm to the end. That is the kind of patient endurance we have in the book of Revelation. It carried the idea of standing fast with an expectation, a sense of waiting. It is patience with a goal in mind. It is eager patience that bears fruit for God, even when it's hard to carry the burden and load of the day. It is patience with a plan regardless of the pain. In contrast, macrothumia, the first word, hupomane, the second, means courageous and patient endurance. Now, the Greek word hupomane only occurs eight times in the Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament. So it's a rare word for patience. And every time it is a description or a translation of the Hebrew word for hope, Now think about that. Patience and hope are integrally related. You cannot separate them in terms of their core meaning. Let me give you an example. Turn to Jeremiah 17, 13. It says, O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake thee shall be put to shame. Those who turn away from thee shall be written in the earth, for they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living water. Now, the Greek word translated for hope here is hupomane. Again, the word for patience. It means patient endurance with an eye for hope. So when you're patient with God, when you're patient with yourself, you are really saying, I have hope in God, that I'm not going to give up my faith. I believe in the outcome. And so I will show it by exercising patient endurance. Hupomane kind of patience is the only word used for patience in the book of Revelation. It is this kind of patience that describes the saints in this holy book. In fact, it is used seven times from Revelation 1, verse 9 to Revelation 14, verse 12. And two verses after the last usage of this word, Jesus comes in the clouds of heaven. So seven uses of the word patience, and then Christ comes to reward those who are patient. In fact, the last usage of this word for patience is glued to what we call the third angel's message. For those who possess a knowledge of this end-time truth, for those who are committed to the proclamation of God's truth in the context of the mark of the beast, the seventh usage of patience is given. Now, the number seven is the number for completeness in the Bible. It's also the number for God's covenant in the Bible. The complete patience, the perfect patience of the saints is courageous patience that gets busy for God in the tarrying time on earth. It is hupomane kind of patience. It is patience with a plan. It is patience that produces fruit. Patience that is diligent with a divine delight to do God's call. It is patience that is a celestial song to sing. Patience that inspires joy in the journey with Jesus. Gandhi said to lose patience is to lose the battle. God's people are victorious in the end because they have not surrendered their patient endurance to the devil's attacks. Those who win in that final battle, the mark of the beast, will have patient endurance with Jesus Christ. They will not surrender his word. They will go through to glory because they possess faith in him. I want to briefly consider the seven uses of the word patience in the book of Revelation. 
from Revelation 1.9 to Revelation 14.12, and let's glean from them the lessons God has for us. Number one, in Revelation 1.9, patience is another word for the kingdom of God. And when you talk about God's patience, you're really talking about God's kingdom. Absolutely the same concept. John writes, verse 9, I, John, your brother, who share with you in Jesus the tribulation, the kingdom, and the patient endurance was on the island called Patmos on account of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. According to the rules of Greek grammar, Sharp's rule, the tribulation is the kingdom and the kingdom is the patient endurance. There's a clear line of syntactical understanding here. Each one of those three expressions are a restatement of each other. The patient endurance of God's people is in fact the kingdom itself. In Matthew 5.10, Jesus said, Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God is patience personified for three reasons. First, God is patient with you. Now think about that. God is patient with you. Have you ever felt like God is impatient with you? It's not the truth. The patient God is a patient king. His kingdom is one of patient endurance. And so he is patient with you because he loves you. He wants you to be saved. He is not willing that any should be lost, but that all should come to repentance. Secondly, the heavenly universe, the surrounding family of God, that is in essence his present kingdom, they have been patient with you. They care about you. That's why God sends his angels as messengers, as ambassadors to guard and keep us and bring us to his heavenly kingdom. Thirdly, in the church, only patient people will enter the kingdom of God. People who have learned to be patient with each other here on earth will be at home with a patient kingdom in heaven, a patient king. That's why it's so important to never forsake the body of Christ to get your way. It's important to never manipulate your place in the church so that you can produce an outcome. I'll tell you right now, if it were not for this wonderful worldwide body of believers that we have been a part of for all these years, that I have been a part of, I don't know where I'd go on the face of earth. There's not a church on earth that teaches the three angels' messages, but the Seventh-day Adventist church, period. And when I hear voices in the church that don't care to proclaim it, I pray for those dear souls because the three angels are God's ordained method to prepare the world for the coming of Jesus at the end of time. So when someone leaves the body to get their way, after all that God has given us in Jesus, after imparting prophetic truth into us at the end of time, Friends, it's not about a preacher. It's not about a teacher. It's about Jesus and his end time message that we gather and collect. And so this church here has a future and a hope based on that. If I didn't believe that years ago, we would have never started this experiment that has led to this congregation here. I believe with all my heart, the things that we have taught are true and real. And friend, you stay true to the word of God. You stay true to the prophecies, to the gospel of Jesus. And don't separate the two in your future. And you will stand with Jesus on the sea of glass. You will stand with Jesus on the sea of glass. The second usage of hubamane is found in Revelation 2. 2. Here it is, the second usage of patience. It describes in this place a patience that is not patient with bold evil committed by leadership in the church. 
You say, well, wait a second, Pastor Mike. You just talked about the importance of being committed to the church. Well, yes, commitment means that we are really committed, that we engage the future. We don't just stand by and passively let it happen to us. Jesus says, I know your works, your toil and your patient endurance, how you cannot bear evil men, but you have tested those who call themselves apostles but are not, and you have found them to be false. God calls on every Christian to take their Bible out, to open the Word of God, to test the truths of what's being preached from the pulpit, to test what is being said in the general population around. Just because someone is eloquent does not make them right, does not mean that they care about the outcome of your soul and life. And so the believer must engage the Word of God on his knees for his own soul's sake. He calls us to be patient with the weak inside the church as they're growing. He calls us to be patient with the saints that are struggling in the church, but he does not call us to be patient with compromise that throws out the truth of God given to us at great cost by the blood of Christ. But the evil in verse 2 is different than this. The evil in verse 2 is not talking about just a local personal evil. It's talking about the kind of evil that can take over the body if it's not opposed. And so the believer must stand for truth that the whole world does not stand for truth. Now I happen to know a lot of you who have studied the Bible the last two years, who have come to know Christ more deeply, who have come to know the prophecies for this time, who have come to know the Sabbath, the importance of it, that you're not quitters. Am I right? You're not quitters. That you're committed to Bible truth without personality. Now, what would it say if your commitment to the truth is based on who led you to it? What would it say about you in the end? It would say that you do not have the patient endurance of the saints. You know who's praying for us every moment of our life? It's Jesus. Do you know who cares about the outcome of your life more than any other? It's Jesus. Do you know whose baptism you must honor? It is the one that Christ was baptized into and you were baptized into him. So I am not of Paulus. I'm not of Paul. Today, what do we say? I am of Jesus. And so patient endurance means being committed to Christ and not being committed to personality. The evil in verse 2 is different than the evil we find. The evil in the church must be opposed. And the evil in verse 2 is found in the church at the highest level of the church in the context of Revelation 2.2. The early church opposed corruption when it was manifest in the clergy. The third usage of hupomone is found in Revelation 2.3. describes patience that is strong in the power of the name of Jesus. John says, I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary. Now, two ideas are found in verse 3. First, the faithful are patient on account of Jesus' name. Secondly, The patient do not grow weary. Have you ever said, well, I've been a Christian. I've been struggling. I'm just tired at this. I just feel like giving up. Well, patient endurance does not say that. Patient endurance says, you know, I may be tired, but I'm not weary. I may have worked hard, but I'm committed. I may have had trials, but I'm for the outcome. I set my eye for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. And that's the idea here. 1 John 14, 14, Jesus makes this promise. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, what does that promise say? If you ask what? Anything in my name, I will do it. Patience comes only 
when you ask for it in Jesus' name. If you ask for patience, you'll get it. Patience comes only when you claim it by faith in the name of the one who is patient with you. Patience comes when Jesus comes into your heart and not one minute sooner does patience come to you. And when Christ is alive within your heart, you will endure difficulties in Jesus' name with patience. One of the greatest evidence of patience is a commitment to the people of God. I can't underestimate that. Is that those people who have served in our Sabbath school here over the years, I'm talking about under some of those difficult circumstances you can imagine setting up, making it happen without any kind of accolades. These dear folk have been patient to this church. The finance team here. And the list is long. You have been called into the family of God. There is a place of ministry for you. Maybe it's on the prayer team. Maybe it's in the setup crew. Maybe it's a deacon or an elder. But there is no place for idleness in the church. A believer that is idle is a believer who will not be patient. In fact, I can gauge in my own experience the people who feel like the church is fragile are the people who don't work in the church. Did you hear me? The people who feel like the church is fragile are those who don't work in the church. In the end, they're going to fall away. You can gauge it by faithlessness, fragility, and these kind of things. Friends, we're living at the end of time. This congregation has a mission and a purpose. God is our leader. He's directing the course of events. Every person here must be engaged in this transition. The future will lead us to glory. The future will bring many more souls to Christ if we are obedient. And my obedience is to surrender to His and yours as well. And friend, I know this, that God didn't coalesce the kind of talent that we see here in this church the kind of commitment we see in this church to fail in a transition because of fear. God didn't do that. When Reaching Hearts started, everyone said it should fail. You remember that? Am I right or wrong? This is the second test of Reaching Hearts. Will it be about the cause of God, the truth of God, collaborating on a broader field of labor? Or will it just be about Pastor Mike? Did you hear me? It can't be just about Pastor Mike. For most of you, that's not the case. I know that. But I'm speaking to those few who think it is. Friends, it's not. The patient endurance of the saints is about Jesus. This church will grow. This church will expand. This church will have a future because of Jesus. In our obedience and submission to him in faith, we will find our very souls at the end of time and not without it at all. The fourth usage of hupomane is found in Revelation 2.19. It describes patience that results in a productive life that bears greater fruit at the end than at the beginning. Jesus says, I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your latter work exceeds the first Now here's patience with a plan. Patience that produces. Patience that takes advantage of the tarrying time and gets busy for God. Four works are singled out in order. First love, then faith and service, and finally patient endurance. Jesus says the latter works exceed the former works. In the context, the first work is love. In 1 Corinthians 13, 13, Paul says, but now faith, hope, love, abide these three 
but the greatest of these is love. So how is patient endurance greater than love? That's really the question we have to ask. There's only one thing better than love in the beginning of our relationship with God. There's only one thing better than that kind of love. It's the love at the end of the struggle of life. It's love that lasts forever. It's love that endures into eternity. It's love that sticks with it and gets stuck there with the people of God, that gets Velcroed to the cause of God and the purpose of God on earth. Love that doesn't give up, but love that remains and love that is love forever, covenant love. We call that patient endurance. That's why it's greater. That's why the latter works are greater than the former works. The fifth usage of hupomone is found in Revelation 3.10. describes a patience that protects the believers in times of trial. Because you have kept my word, the Bible says, my word of patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial which is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell upon the earth. The word translated word in Revelation 3.10 can be translated command. Now let's just insert it here. Because you have kept my command of patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial, which is coming on the whole world. Patient endurance is not an option for the Christian. It is Christ's command. To be obedient means to be patient and to endure. If you keep the command of Jesus, Jesus will keep you in the patience of the saints. If you stay with Christ and his people glued to his truth, Christ will stay with you to the end. It's that simple and that profound. I mean, we're not saved as lone superstars spiritually. We are saved glued to the people of God, glued to the cause of God on earth. And when we separate from that to get our way or to do this or that, we sever from the benefits of Christ's atonement. Well, we need to leave it there due to our time constraints. You can listen to the entire message now without interruption at reachingyourheart.com or join us tomorrow and we'll complete this message then. Our phone number is 877-788-5371, 877-788-5371. And again, today's message was entitled, The Patience of the Saints. Reaching Your Heart is listener-funded. Please stop by the website to find out how you can help. There's instructions online, or you can call 877-788-5371, and the website is reachingyourheart.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, we want you to know that we pray that God is reaching your heart. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.